Hello, my name is Braden, and welcome to the first episode of Important Unimportant Things. This is a weekly podcast where I talk about relatively unimportant things that, despite their unimportance, make me want to be alive. I'm someone who suffered from mental health issues for most of my life. In fact, I can't really remember a time when my consciousness wasn't inseparably tied to my depression and its intrusive, recursive thinking patterns that at times make me feel like I'm not, as John Green puts it, the captain of the ship that I call myself. I hit a particularly rough patch in my life at the end of last year, and at many points I feel like there wasn't a lot that was keeping me on Earth. I was living just on the eastern side of the Mississippi River in Illinois, in the St. Louis metro area. I wasn't from there. I was raised on a rural patch of land in Oklahoma and lived there for most of my life. I had always felt slightly alien in St. Louis, but that, alien, but that alienation became all the more heightened whenever I found myself pretty much entirely isolated after a change in circumstance there. Feeling, to put it mildly, less than stellar, I decided to take the last half of December to visit my family in Oklahoma. While I was there, my mom and I watched a comedy special on Netflix where a man wrote down a very long list of things that made him happy to be alive. He didn't write that list for himself, he made it for his mom. But I found a lot of comfort in the idea. I returned to Illinois on New Year's Day, catching a red-eye flight that left at about 6 in the morning. While I was airborne, listening to the album Metamodern Sounds and Country Music by Sturgill Simpson, I decided to start my own list of small things that made me happy to still be alive. Of course, I had absolutely no motivation to write anything at that time, but the idea returned to me recently, and I finally began writing down those important, unimportant things. I'll try to get through that list on this podcast, and hopefully I'll add to it with time. Number one, country music. Having grown up in Oklahoma, country music was inextricably part of my childhood. I appreciated it when I was young, but grew to dislike it as I became a preteen and outwardly hated it as a teenager. This wasn't, of course, because I disliked how it sounded. Quite the opposite. It was simply because country music represented all of the things that my contrarian, hormone-infused brain was telling me to rebel against. I didn't listen to country music again for years. Actually, I only recently started regularly listening to the genre about three years ago, when, at the age of 21, I discovered Sturgill Simpson. I had just moved to Illinois at the time, and although I felt excited at the prospect of having left behind the state that raised me, I was homesick. Sturgill Simpson is not an artist that I grew up listening to. In fact, his first album, High Top Mountain, was released in 2013, when I was 19 years old. But the lap-steel-laden, southern-soaked sounds of his music brought me back to a time before my life became a thing that I had to grapple with. When I'd last enjoyed country music, I was a child. One of the first video recordings that exists of me is of myself as a toddler dressed in boots and a cowboy hat, singing, or more accurately, wailing, the song Blue Clear Sky by George Strait. Hearing country music again for the first time as an adult took me back to a time when I felt content just to listen to the words without analyzing their connotations. In the intervening years, I've rediscovered that enjoyment. I listen as frequently to George Strait as I do to Green Day, or Jason Isbell as often as I do to Judas Priest. I don't find myself suddenly espousing the country lifestyle. That would be entirely disingenuous. I'm not conservative, I'm not a redneck, and I don't find any enjoyment in pretending otherwise. But I did grow up in the country. 
I still remember nights with the only lights being those in the sky, the stars being more numerous than I could count. Although I did try. One time I got to 857 before I fell asleep on the trampoline outside my house. I still remember the cicadas, the crickets, and the frogs drowning out the sound of all my intrusive thoughts. Their unorganized noise was more beautiful than any orchestra I'd ever heard. And country music takes me back to those nights. Thing number two. Pokemon. I am, undeniably, a millennial. And as such, I was brought into this world just in time to experience Pokemon as it occurred, and then as it consumed children's media for several years. I watched the anime series that aired on TV from the time it first appeared in 1998 onwards for nearly a decade after that. But it was the video games that I truly and completely had dominate my life from the ages of 6 to, well, I'm 24 now. The first Pokemon game that I actually played to completion was Pokemon Silver. It enthralled me to the point that I eventually spent over a thousand hours exploring the world that, to modern eyes, looks unbelievably primitive. But to me, it was as real as the bed that I laid on while I played it. I don't know how many meals I must have either skipped or been late for simply because I couldn't leave my room before catching that one last Caterpie, knowing that if I could just evolve it into a Butterfree, I would have a Pokemon that knew psychic moves at an incredibly advantageous spot early on in the game. My friends and I would play as Pokemon on the playground or outside our school, each of us pretending to be either be a trainer or one of the creatures themselves. This continued until we were, objectively, too old to unironically believe that we were a four-armed anthropomorphic bodybuilding animals or floating 30-foot-long whales. Pokemon still takes up an outsized portion of my brain, and I'm eternally grateful to it for the enjoyment that I still get when I hear the opening music to Pokemon Silver. It's been one of the most reliable, most enjoyable escapes from my own consciousness for almost 20 years now. Thank you for listening to this episode, and if you want to ask me questions for the next episode, you can email me at unimportantpod at gmail.com. The intro and outro music were both written and performed by myself, and I wish there were more credits, but this is a one-man show. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.